This sermon audio is presented to you by Pastor Tommy Brandon and Calvary Church of Fort Worth. For more information, visit our website at calvaryftw.com. So here we go, the core. What is it? There's four core promises found in Scripture that we see reiterated throughout the whole Bible. The four core promises of God are on signs in this church. It's taught in our kids' ministry. It's taught in our student ministry. It's, it's taught in what we call growth track. Growth track is just a term we use for a new member or a, a, or a prospective member to gain information about our church. It actually happens every single Sunday at 1130. So when this service is over, if you want to know more about this church, it's a perfect opportunity for you to get a refill on your coffee, grab a light snack. Upstairs, in that lobby, upstairs, you can gain more information about these four core promises. So what are they? God promises that you can know him in salvation. God promises that you can find freedom from all of your junk and issues. God promises you that you can know and understand and live out your original purpose. And God also promises that you can help make a difference in the lives of others. Here's one thing about the promises that we see in 2 Peter chapter 1, verse number 4. And because of his glory and excellence, he has given us great and precious promises. These are the promises that enable you to share his divine nature and escape the world's corruption caused by human desires. Every single one of us in this room, we know we can't afford to live another day out of our own human desires. We'll lose our temper. We'll say things we shouldn't have said. We'll go places we shouldn't have gone. We'll think thoughts we shouldn't ever think and entertain. Why are we doing it? It's because it's our human nature to do it. So we need access to a better way of living. That's the divine nature of God. Well, how do you, how do you get into that? What's the key that opens the door that leads into the, the corridor or the room? How do I get over on the other side of that, that, that door into living in his divine nature. It's knowing the promises of God, understanding them, and pursuing them. These are the promises of the Lord. Week number one of our series, we talked about God's core promises. Week two, my favorite sermon of the year so far, how his promises are fulfilled in the Lamb of God, Jesus Christ. Number three was last week, knowing God and, and finding freedom. And today I wrap this month up with discovering purpose and making a difference. Let's talk about the word redeem. Everybody say redeem. redeem. Just an old-fashioned, simple Webster's Dictionary. Okay, this is as basic as it gets. The word redeem, what does it mean? To buy back, to repurchase, to change for the better, to reform, repair, or restore. I've thought long and hard about what can I say to be a good example of the word redemption and restoring and, and remaking. And I couldn't help but think about this crazy movement going on in Waco, Texas. Not Baylor. Not Kalachi's on the way. 
but there's something called Magnolia Farms. There is a cult that's led by cult leaders, Chip and Joanne Gaines. Some of you are so ridiculous, you're giving me a churchy response. You know more about Chip than you do Jesus. You swear that their story is found in Scripture. You're like, well, I was just reading in Chip chapter 4 the other day. You need to repent, man. But what they've done is they have just, it's not original with them, but what they've done is they've brought to light the beauty in taking something that's old, worn down, troubled, distressed, something broken. They've been able with a little bit of elbow grease, a little bit of capital, to go and to take something that was broken and to redeem it. They, they've gone into homes and projects and they've, they've worked it over to the point that in a way it was better, it's better than the original design. Hey everybody, guess what? You and I are living in a culture today that we're so crazy that we're spending five times amount the money on clothing that we were the original ones that bought it anyway, but it's been recycled. You know, the hot thing are recycled blue jeans. It's like, I don't get it. I'm the one that bought those jeans originally. I wore those jeans out. You've taken them, rehabbed them, and now I need to pay five times the money for those jeans. There's something about redeeming, restoring, remaking, reclaiming there's reclaimed wood reclaimed metals reclaimed cotton but we are not the original we are not the first to have ever desired to buy something back and to reshape it remake it restore it to redeem it ladies and gentlemen in this second service God has always been in the redeeming business. You and I think that we got creative all of a sudden and we thought we found something like, you know, it's it's, it's life-changing called shiplap. No, what's life-changing is the fact that God can take you and me in a broken, worn-down rusty, corroded heart condition and God with his expertise, his capital, his investment of his life through his son Jesus Christ, his capital investment can take my life that's worn down, broken and corroded and make me something better than I could have ever done on my own. Ladies and gentlemen, this is the gospel Of Jesus Christ. God wants you to know him in salvation. God wants you to find your freedom from your issues. And ultimately what God wants to do is to put you back into your original state of before the world got a hold of you. 
before you got a hold of yourself in control, God wants to push the reset button and make you again another better than ever. Are you familiar with the term making again another? It's actually referred or, or, or referenced rather back into the story of the potter and the clay. This is beautiful. The potter and the clay, he's spinning the clay on the, on the, on the potter's wheel and there's a flaw in, in, in the clay so he mends it and works on it and lets it sit to dry. Once that vessel is hardened and baked, unfortunately it's a little off center. Unfortunately it's got a, a little flaw and a mar and a scar in it. Someone would say, well why do you want to display that? Let's throw that away. It's not worth having Let's just go make a brand new one. God never wastes anything. You might feel like you just need remade completely. Start over. God says, no, I don't need to start over. I'm going to make you again another. So the potter takes that clay and he breaks it again. And he moistens it again. And he works with it again. He never destroys and gets rid of. He always just makes one better. God wants to make your life better. And how does he do that? He lets you know him in salvation. And I'm going to do a little recapping here. Salvation is in a moment. It's in an instant. It is quick as your confession of faith. Your name can be written in the Lamb's book of life. It doesn't require a year. It doesn't take 10 minutes. It requires you coming into an understanding that you need a Savior. You opening your mouth and speaking the truth of your heart's desire that you want Him as the Lord over your life. That happens instantly. But guess what? It's kind of like if I were to go eat uh, uh, what could be messy for me? A barbecue. And if I were to get barbecue on my shirt, and I could wash this shirt, it would have been washed, but yet the stain's still there, and I want to get rid of the shirt. God not only wants to take you, wash you, regenerate you, remake you, but what God's going to do is he's going to get you started on a lifestyle of discipleship that actually gets the stain completely out. God doesn't do anything halfway, everybody. He doesn't just want to have you saved for eternity and messed up in this life. What good would that be? You would be walking the rest of your life as a crippled. You would be spending the rest of your life as an issue. You would have more challenges. You would have more dark days than good days. God wants to save you, but God wants to get the stain off of you. Here's how I say it, everybody. God wants to get you out of sin. That's the instant work of knowing him in salvation. But God wants to get the sin out of you. That's the lifelong process of discipleship. I preached about this subject last Sunday and someone literally asked me after this service, and who knows, he, he might be in the room right now, but he said, how long is the process of finding freedom? I said, I've got really bad news. It's until you die. You never get to the place that you don't have an issue. And if you think that you've gotten to that place, that's your issue. We all will always have something we're working on. Because we're still trapped in this triune existence of body, soul, and spirit. Everybody say, man, this is, this is, this is, this is good teaching. 
No, you didn't say this is, this is, this is, this is. You didn't, do, you, no, you shortcut. Everybody said this is, this is, this, this is, this is, this is good teaching. That means it's really good. Check it out, everybody. You're still trapped in a physical human body that's not perfect. You may think you are, but that's proof that you're messed up. You're not perfect. And you'll always be working through temper problems. You'll always be working through addictions. You'll always be working through bad thoughts, bad actions, bad words. You'll always be working through judgment judgment towards others. You'll always be working through a critical attitude. You'll always be working through cynicism. You'll always be working through compromise. Come on, where's my Wednesday night people? You'll always be working through something. But God will never leave you on your own in the freedom process. He wants to walk with you every day. So this church, one thing we do to partner with that, one thing we bring a supplement, a supplement to that is we ask you to get into a small group. We ask you to get in a small group. If it's just eating cheesecake, get into a small group. Can somebody handle that kind of freedom? I'm going to be the original founder of the first ever Bluebell small group of Calvary Church, and it's going to be packed out. No pun intended. Packed. Out. But it's freedom, working through issues. Now we get back to today. Now that I know that I'm just signed up for life, working through some things, how do I ever get this, this discovering of my, of my purpose? I don't get it. Two words, everybody. Everybody say discover. discover. Everybody say discover. discover. And everybody say develop. develop. You need to discover what your original purpose was before you were ever a thought in mom and dad's eye. You got to understand this, man. I grew up in a little, little country church environment, and we had summer church camps, and our church camps were not like our kids' camps now. Our kids' camps now, they've got like water slides, go-karts, horseback. I mean, they, they're, they're just spoiled. Our church camp, we had dirt. dirt we prayed and we played ball pray play perfect camp and when we would play ball every single day it would work this way all the guys would go line up on the hurricane chain fence and that one good ball player everybody knew who he was he would start picking and he would say I want him, I want him, I want him, I want him. And he's just hoping, he's hoping that who he picks can plays the position on the team. Because most of the time at church summer camp, nobody really knew everybody. So you'd be like, I, I, I want old Smith, I need Jones, I, I, I need Roberts. And, and you're just hoping that that person could play left field, that they could be a good second baseman, that they could fill the spot for a shortstop. This is what the enemy has snuck in and made you think. A lot of you are just hoping that you can play a position in life. And I want to tell you it's the exact opposite. God looked down at the, at the ball field of humanity. And he said, I need a good shortstop. So I'm going to create one. And he went and created you. He said, I need a good right fielder. So he created you. 
Now, before anybody goes and tries out for the, for the big leagues, this is an illustration. <laughs> okay? I could totally see some dude in his 40s. I knew I had it. I knew I had it. Coach didn't see it, but I knew I had it. I still got it. No, you don't. So how does this apply to real life? It, it applies this way. You just need to be able to discover what position that was that God made you for. Just as we provide small groups to help people find their freedom, we do a little something at 1130 every single Sunday. It's called Growth Track. And we do this little fun thing with a personality test that all, pretty much any adult in here, you've done this at work. But we kind of change it up because we also do some spiritual gift testing. And we find out kind of, what, how are you wired? Because God wired you a certain way for a certain purpose to meet a certain need. You, you, didn't, you weren't an accident, everybody. You didn't, your mom and dad just didn't have a good Friday night and you showed up later. That's not how it happened. God wanted you. Well, you don't understand. I know my story. I'm a, it was an out-of-wedlock deal. That's, I don't care if it was out-of-wedlock. God makes zero, none, none yet, nada, mistakes. God wanted you. And he's got a purpose for you. He literally designed you in a very divine way. And you need to figure out why. So, we're in Egypt, we're in sin. God saves us out of sin. Now we're in the wilderness trying to get to somewhere better. We're in a process of life trying to get out of our issues. And the whole while, God's saying, by the way, you didn't know this, but I made you for a certain reason, and I want to help you know what it is. Now that's the discovering process. Now let's talk about the develop. If you discover that you're a, a, a good shortstop, you don't just show up and play in the bigs. You start out in, in, in Little League, and then you go into a little high school ball. Then you might play on select teams. You might travel a little bit. You play college ball. And then if you're lucky, you get into the minors. And then if you're really good at it, you might play pro for about a day. But you're developing the whole, the whole way. I need you to discover what your purpose is. And I need you to develop it. Well, how do you develop it in real life terms? Serve people. Serve people, serve people. When you walked into the lobby today and you received a cup of coffee, I want you to raise your hand and leave it up. Every person that's drinking a cup of coffee from the lobby today, raise it up. Don't be ashamed of your addiction. <laughs> raise it up. Raise it up. Raise it up. Raise it up. Look at you, bunch of caffeine junkies. Okay, why is there a red solo cup being lifted right now? We got a whole nother sermon for a whole nother Sunday. That red solo cup. Watch this. Do you think the coffee just showed up? Do you think that just happened? Do you think there was a... Coffee shop barista in town that woke up on a Sunday and said, I'm off. <laughs> I think I'm just going to go by a church. 
and whip up some coffee. No, that's not what happened. Jared Denman, wave your hand at everybody. Wave your hand, Jared. Now, now what would really be funny is if, if he didn't do that today. I'd be really... Almost every Sunday, that cool cat, Diddy Miranda. Okay, Jared, lift your hand where everybody can see. If you drink a cup of coffee today, that's the dude that made that happen. Now, you say, what's the big deal? You, you, you drank it. <laughs> and it did not just magically appear. Did anybody at all receive any kind of blessing in your inner spirit, man, at all with the songs that you heard today? Guess what? They were here at six. You know, when you got up to use the bathroom to go back to bed, they were here. Well, I'd be here too if I was paid. No, they're not. They just have a gift. They've discovered it and they're developing it. How? Because they're serving you as they serve God. Everybody, I'm fixing to just take this to a whole nother level. If you'll discover your purpose and if you'll develop it and commit to it, you'll break into the fourth and the final promise of God's core promises of very few people ever get there. But when they do, you'll understand by the time this sermon's over the level of life they're living. This is the part where, where, where you start making a difference. And I'm going to give you three things to say yes to today and then I'm going to pray over you. Three things to say yes to. If you've already come to know him in salvation, and if you've already entered into this lifelong commitment of discipleship where you're going to work through some things, you know, I mean, I know your, your, your dad was an alcoholic and your granddad was, so we're going to work with you. We're going to partner with you to work through that. And you're going to understand epigenetics, and you're going to understand that you don't have to turn that alcoholism genetic on. It's, it's environment it's choices, it's discipline, and, and my friend Charles is here today, and this is not throwing him under the bus, it's something that we celebrate today together. Charles, how many years have you been sober, sir? Three years and four months. Three years and four months. You say, what's the big deal? Every day, he just chooses to put himself in environments, and he chooses to make choices to find freedom. You, you might say, well, God's doing something great in him. But let's, let's slow down on that. Let's, let's, let's pull the reins in because I've got news for you. God does the saving business. You play the role in the freedom business. And this is where a lot of people don't want to go. They just want God to magically whip up and make you better. God's not interested in making you better. He's interested in saving you, but he's definitely He's a team player. He wants to walk with you and you find him freedom. You don't work for your salvation, but trust me, you have to go to work from the point of your salvation. Just because Charles came and gave his life to Jesus Christ and his name's written in the Lamb's Book of Life doesn't mean that brother don't want to pop a top. He wants to, but he understands every single day that's an issue that he's got to stay on top of. That and a really bad hook. I've played with him, and ooh, he really pulls it left almost every time. It goes really hard left. It's an issue he's working on. 
What issues are you working on? Because if you'll commit to the lifelong working on the issues, find your purpose. Now you get to graduate to four. The fourth core promise. You get to go from being just a me to being involved with and doing life with a a we. God doesn't save groups. God saves people, individuals. Groups very seldom work through individual issues. They might work through individual issues in a group. Notice the difference? But just because your buddy's finding freedom doesn't mean you're going to find it on his, on his behalf. You're going to have to work through your issues. And then when it comes to your purpose, my purpose and your purpose are two different things. How's that texting going? You good? Y'all good? Okay. So here's the issue on this. You need to find your purpose and work through it individually. Because once you get there, you can be a part of the we. Now you're a part of something bigger than yourself. Three things to say yes to. Are you ready? Number one, say yes to the calling. Everybody say these words. Yes Yes. to the calling. One of my very first sermons I ever preached was in a little country church outside of my country town. You know it was country. I had about 10 people in it. The little town is called Rose Pine, Louisiana. And my sermon, I thought, was just absolutely revelation. I mean, it was, it, it was life-changing. Nobody else thought so. I was convinced that it was incredible. Until this day, I think there's some wisdom in it. Everybody finish this scripture for me. Many are called, but... So you know that. What, what dictates the... The transition from being called to being chosen. Who, how do you make that jump from being, I, I want to be, I, I want to, well, how, do you have to have money to get into that chosen thing? Do you have to be smart to be in the chosen crowd? I want, in that, I want on that team. How do I go from called to chosen? It's real easy. The chosen are the ones that said yes to the calling. And God is calling you. I close this series with this. God is calling you. He's calling you. Those that have known him in salvation. Those that are willing to put in the work of discipleship and freedom finding. Those that have done the challenging effort of knowing your purpose. God is calling you. To what? To say yes to the calls. You need to say yes to the calling. And secondly, you need to say yes to the calls. What's the cause? That God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son that you and me and whoever else, whosoever will believe on him. We won't have to face eternal death. We can have life. And guess what? Jesus didn't come to condemn the world. He came to save the world. He's reconciling the world back into God. And you and I can play a role on a team bigger than ourselves, and we can use our purpose, we can use our gifts if we'll say yes to that calling and if we'll say yes to the cause. Have you noticed how many causes there are? You know, just just yesterday, uh, 
my little girl, my little eight-year-old daughter and her teammates in basketball, they, 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 they had an undefeated season and, and boy, they just, see, see what I'm saying? Y'all had no faith that I could play a role in bringing a basketball player into this world, so boom. It was me. It's my skills that she has to run around lost on basketball court. <laughs> but they had an undefeated season. So to celebrate, we all went last night to the TCU ladies college game. And we're there. And we had no idea what we were walking into to the point that everything's pinked out. And they had a huge cause for the night. Do you know how many causes there are in America? You've got political efforts. You've, 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 got, you've got medical efforts. You've got educational efforts. You've got, man, from PETA to, to the Democrat Party. You name it. There's causes for anything and everything you want to be a part of. It's not, a, it's not an issue that you don't have something to go support. God's saying, why don't you be a part of a cause that actually makes a difference? actually bankrupting hell and populating heaven. Why don't you be a part of a cause that actually lasts for eternity, not just for a few good moments on the nightly news? Something that's everlasting, that's eternal. Instead of getting so worked up and volunteering your time over something that really doesn't matter in the eternal, why don't you volunteer in something that's going to last, that's going to get people saved for eternity? Be a part, say yes to the calling that's on your life to use the gifts that you have and say yes to the cause. What cause? The good news of the gospel kind of cause. And then final thing, say yes to the calling and yes to the cause and say yes to being on the team. Say yes to being a part of the we. Be a part of something bigger than just yourself. Well, you know, I'm just one of those. I don't really need people. That proves to me that you need people. Every one of us in this room are better when we're together with someone else. The Bible says that two are better than one. Why? Because the return on their labor is greater. I've told this story a thousand times and I'm about done today. But one time I needed to move a piano in my home. A little upright piano, not that big. And man, after two hamstrings pulled and a rotator cuff surgery, I gave in. And I called Jeff Downs. And I called Jeff and Tim Downs. And those big muscular guys came over and they moved the piano. Here's the thing. You've got things you're working through. You've got things to accomplish that you're never going to be able to do on your own. You're going to need to be a part of a team to make the difference that God wants you to make. Now, I want to close with this today. I told you that if you'll know him in salvation and if you'll be willing to work through your issues and find him freedom, I told you that you could discover your purpose and that you can make a difference and then you could live at a level That very few people get to. I want to tell you what that level is. Everybody say the word. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Now say it like, you know, like you're from a country church. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. You got to hold your mouth. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. 
It's a funny little word in Christianity that we say about everything. You know, Spring Creek's got ice cream on Sundays. Hallelujah. We'll just say it over anything, you know, everything. I text message of, of a new mom the other day. Said, hey, I heard little baby Jack slept all night long. That's awesome. Her response, hallelujah. No, okay. Hallelujah. That word is used in celebrating, celebrating something accomplished for the good. It's giving glory to God for what he has done. The first part of that word is Hallel. And Hallel simply means to be fulfilled. So something has happened in my life and I'm fulfilled. It is the Hallel experience, fulfillment. Everybody in the room, if you want to know how to have the darkest places in your heart experience light, If you want to know how to live life to its fullest, experience the four core promises of God. You need to know Him as your Savior. You need to partner with Him and start working through some of the things that have you bogged down. You need to go back and sincerely ask God to reveal to you Why were you created? And then you need to start developing it. And then ultimately, you need, you need to get a a, a good grip on relationship with this church. And you need to come on in to this church and start really making a difference in a cause that matters. You will go to bed at night, maybe not without problems, Because we're still working through issues. Maybe not with life being perfect. Because you're still trapped in this triune relationship of body, soul, and spirit. But you will find fulfillment. Because your need to pour into something bigger than you will be satisfied. And before you know it, ladies and gentlemen in the room, you'll start making progress. You'll become healthy. You'll become content, satisfied with what God's doing in you, for you, and through you to others. This is the Hillel life. Knowing the promises, understanding them, and pursuing them. Stand with me today. There's some of you in this room, you thought this whole time it was a job that you needed. You needed a better job. Some of you thought it was the lack of children, that you really needed children. Some of you singles in the room, you thought, I I need a spouse. Some of you thought that you just, you needed another degree. You name it. If you're not careful, you'll start chasing things that without question have value. But it's never going to fulfill you. The Hallel life can only happen from a hallelujah experience with God. I want to pray for you. I want to pray over you. And for all of you in this room, if you've never gone upstairs for growth track, I think after this sermon, you owe it to yourself. 
to take just a handful of minutes, run upstairs, be a part of something bigger than yourself, commit to it, go all in, and let God do a miracle in your life. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, I thank you for this month, for knowing your core promises to seeing them fulfilled in Jesus, to hearing just a little bit more understanding and clarity that I could know you and be saved, and that you will actually work with me to get through my issues and that I was not a mistake there's a reason that I'm here and there's a team that has a vacancy on its on its squad that's just for me I can actually be a part of something big well Lord I thank you for showing us all of these things now Heavenly Father I just bless this audience today. I bless them, Lord, with the courage to walk right upstairs to Growth Track and get involved in something that's life-giving and incredible. To our friends that are guests today, Lord, I don't expect much from them, but if there's anything in their heart that wants to know more on how how to start a new life, Lord, let them make that decision right now. With every eye closed and with every head bowed, my final request of you is for you to respond to this simple invitation. If you're just wondering, how do I get started on the very first one? How can I know him as Lord? It's as easy as this. We don't overcomplicate things. If you know that you're ready to make Jesus Christ your Lord and Savior, I want you to lift your hand real quick all over this room. Wow, that's beautiful. Married couple holding hands. Is there anyone else? I see you in the back, my friend. May God bless you, sir. Is there anyone else before I pray for these three people that have their hand lifted up? Come into agreement with me now. And may these words fill your mouth as you express them to God. Heavenly Father. I repent of my sin and I turn to you for my help and salvation. I know that I am lost, but I also know that in this very moment I'm being found. I'm coming into salvation with you. Forgive me of my sin and I repent. I'm turning towards you now, Lord, and I'm willing to follow you the rest of my life. I receive you as my Lord and Savior. In Jesus' name, amen. Let's clap our hands for these today. Amen, everybody. Beautiful. All right, well, the the Holy Ghost showed up because we're only 40 seconds over. I love you so much. May the Lord bless you and keep you. Have a great rest of your week. All of those interested, head straight upstairs in the lobby. For something called growth track, God bless you, you're dismissed.